Greetings, everyone. Man, what a crazy season it's been. It's been one of ups and downs. It's been one of adversity, challenges, highs and lows. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that it's over, but I'm excited to kind of wrap everything up and and have a few months off because I am tired. I don't know about you. I'm very tired considering that I have a three-hour round-trip drive for every one of these games. And then, you know, I'm going to get on the road. To, I have to finish up work early, get on the road to get there, get on the road immediately back, get back late, throws off the whole day and whatever. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm always tired at the end of season. Yeah, season's just rough. It is, it is very rough, but – you know, but we're going to talk about it. We're kind of going to have a little bit of a, you know, recap and, and talk about the season in general and then talk about the team and all those fun things. So, you know, I know not everybody can join us at the five o'clock hour on a Tuesday, but we're going to record and it's live and you can watch it later or you can listen later, whatever you want to do and come in halfway through, leave halfway through as per usual. Um, but yeah, so you know what? Let's just get started. Putting his ass right in the camera. Typical. Good God. No, um, so I, I grabbed this Coke at CVS on my way home because A, this is only the only zero cal or zero sugar one that they had in there. Uh, but it was the limited edition Coca-Cola move. And I, I don't quite know what the flavor is, honestly. So I honestly couldn't tell you what it is. Cause it doesn't say, it just says move. It's a limited edition. I don't know. I couldn't explain it. Strange. Is it good? I mean, you know what it tastes like? This is what it tastes like. It tastes like suntan lotion, like, um, uh, like, uh, like bronzer spray, but like not in a bad way. So maybe it's supposed to have like a coconutty kind of it has I think it does. It, ha it definitely has a hint of coconut in it. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm drinking something that I should be drinking next to like a, uh, a beach or something, but it doesn't say anything about having coconut in it. I mean, it, I don't, but it may, I don't know. I, I don't know. But anyway, that's what it kind of smell tastes like. Anyway, hmm. we're not here to, we're not here to, to, to analyze Coca-Cola's wild ass products. We're here to talk about, the end of the Stephen F. Austin State University and Lumberjack basketball season. Um, hello and welcome to the final. The final. That's a good segue into a basketball podcast because I remember it was like a few years ago. I think Coca-Cola is one of the main sponsors of March Madness and they just kept pushing this like weird ass like uh, some kind of like dreamsicle Coke or something. And I was like, that sounds terrible. That may or may not be the Coke that's been sitting in the brewery walk-in cooler for seven months. Yeah, I think that's over in the corner because like one of our accounts or whatever gave it to us as like a gift. And I'm like, so literally it's been sitting over in the corner. I don't know if that's the dream, but it's it's some kind of weird Coca-Cola limited edition flavor. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I have not tried it. Maybe I should. 
I don't know. <laughs> weird. Maybe. Maybe. Weird. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's very, very bittersweet that this is the final regular season episode of Part Me, Alex. Like every year we do this, we always have such a blast and have such a good time. Um, and it's always sad to end it. But at the same time, we mentioned earlier before we got officially started that we're, we're just tired. This is very draining on us. You know, um, we have we each have full time jobs. We each have two side jobs that we do on the side. It's what's called side job. Right. <laughs> so, so, so we we are doing this podcast and following the lumberjack basketball team out of pure love of the game and love of SFA basketball. But that's all we have time for. Like if if we if we wanted to cover every single sport, we would if we had the time and this was our full-time job. But it is not. So yeah. and also please everyone remember I don't live in Agadoches anymore. Every game that I come to, I have a three-hour round trip drive. I'm having to finish up work early to get on the road and then immediately jump in the car and drive back here. Like half the time, I don't even have time to eat. Like I'm taking time out of my schedule to do this. So if you don't see me at every other sporting event, I don't live there anymore. No, I don't know what to I'm already driving an act twice a week. Like I can't move back to attend every event. So just and bear that in mind. Anytime that you see me, I have taken time out of my schedule to drive in like I'm not just be bopping over there from two miles away exactly and and yeah I live in town but again let me rewind back to when I just said that Jacqueline and I both have two separate side jobs one of them requires me to be in person at a brewery in town that everybody knows what it is most Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sundays most of them. And the only times I'm not there is when I was able to get and put it in my schedule that I was going to be at Lumberjack Basketball. That's the, that, that's it. That's all I have time to schedule around for. Also, let me remind you that we have full-time jobs. Um, that we can't... <laughs> we're busy gals is what we're trying to say. Yeah, like like we don't have unlimited funds either to just drop everything that we're doing and, and support every single team physically in person. We just can't do it. Like we support all the teams from afar. We love it. We hope they win every single game, but being in physically there for every single sporting event at SFA is impossible. So unless SFA wants to start paying us for covering all of the sports, all of the time, full-time jobs, you're just going to have to just get it through your thick freaking skulls that we're a men's basketball podcast and that's all we're going to be. And then on occasion we'll cover other sports in the off season, but that's it. And if you don't like it, tough titty, there's the door. Yeah, totally. This is a labor of love that we choose to give our time to. And guess what? We're, we're big girls and we can devote our free time to whatever we choose. Correct. So again, if that's not a good enough answer for you, I have zero issue telling that to you here or in your face or on Twitter or on Facebook. 
I don't care. Really, I don't. Because the people that appreciate what we do tell us that, and they appreciate what we do. The players appreciate what we do. The coaches appreciate what we do. And that's literally, at the end of the day, that's all the opinions that we really honestly give a shit about. Well, I'll like, give the opinion of uh, my own. I enjoy doing it. I'm going to do what I enjoy doing. So yeah. bye everyone else who has a whatever opinion you want to have about my life you can have, but not listening. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to give that a quick little, I guess, announcement banner, basic yeah. warning that the people who support us, which we love, everyone that does, the people who listen, the people who are with us through the good games and then through with us through the bad games and listen to us throughout the whole season and that they support us and they bought our merch and, you know, which totally forgot to use, by the way, in Vegas, the merch money, but we have it still. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll use it next season. Um, yeah, we, we just wanted to get that out there because uh, – it's just a lot. We're tired of hearing all the BS. Thank you, Melvin. Thanks. Thank you. He said, thanks ladies for your support and promotion of SA basketball. You're so welcome. And like we said, we love it. We love what we're doing. We have no intention of stopping. Um, but sometimes it just gets a, to be a lot whenever we continue to hear uh, people just being negative towards the fact that we just cover fucking SFA basketball. Sorry, men's sorry. And, and special thanks to you, Melvin. I know you're always a very kind, supportive uh, presence on Twitter. So um, any of y'all who know, know I rarely get on Twitter. And I mean, I, I know Melvin's been a positive, uh, positive presence there for years because back when uh, Des was one of our assistant coaches, I remember he said to me one day, do, do you know this Melvin on Twitter? And I'm immediately like, no, who is it? Are they saying bad stuff? I'll go take care of it. And he's like, no, he's always tweeting really nice stuff. And I was like, okay, okay. I just, I thought you were like <laughs> riling me up to go, go after somebody. And I, and I was going to say something, but um, so I know they all see that and appreciate that. So they really do. They really do. Anyway, so I just wanted to give that little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disclaimer. Thank you. Thank you. I could not think of it. My brain wasn't working. Just want to give that disclaimer because just tired of of hearing of hearing the noise and just want to hear positive stuff. You know, again, we, we do this out of the kindness of our hearts and we want people to support all the sports all the time as much as you can. With if as much else, if everyone else would choose a sport like us and cover every single game, then maybe we could have a podcast for every single sport. There's my challenge. You're welcome. I love it. Doing it. I love it. So anyway, um, let's continue. So Jacqueline, let's first go over the season itself. Like let's recap the season kind of as best that we can. Um, we don't have to linger too long on any of the games in particular, um, but let's just kind of like go over the wild season that we had, the ups and downs, the good, the bad. Um, and of course, all of that culminating in Vegas with WAC Vegas, um, the conference tournament. So the, the cumulative season overview, what was our, um, what was, what was our kind of cumulative season stats? Okay. So our overall record was 19 and 13. Um, our net was 138. 
so still, I don't, I don't like the way they break up the non-conference and the conference because they put the conference tournament game and the non-conference games. But anywho, all right. So for, for non-conference preseason and then the conference tournament, we were eight and six. Uh, mm-hmm. We had wins against Laterno, Gardner Webb, South Dakota State, UNC Greensboro. Paul Quinn, Louisiana Tech, North American, and Jackson State. And we had losses to Alcorn State. Um, I cannot remember how to pronounce this. Quinny Peck, is that how you say it? I don't know, but if we said it wrong, believe me, cat fans will quickly fix it. It's been too long since I said it correctly, and I don't remember. Um, Middle Tennessee, Northwestern State, Furman, and Utah Tech, uh, of course, in the tournament. Um, and then our conference uh, regular season games, we were 11 and 7. We beat ACU both times. We beat UTA once, New Mexico State once, GCU once, uh, Utah Tech we beat in the regular season. Uh, we beat UTRGV twice, Seattle U, Tarleton State, uh, and Cal Baptist. Then our losses. We lost to Southern Utah. We lost to Sam both times. We lost to New Mexico State and GCU and UTA once. Uh, and then we lost to Utah Valley. Whew. Okay, that was a lot to take in. Um, I would just like to say that I feel like even though we lost to Furman, that loss looks better now. It does, but it, it did also frustrate me more because then as I'm watching them, I'm like, we only lost to them by two points, and then they're going to win in the tournament. It's frustrating. Yeah, no, extremely frustrating. I, it was just – it was funny whenever we were watching the game, the tournament game, and they was like, okay, I know this is a weird time to say it, but the loss, the loss is looking better now. <laughs> it certainly did look better because I, I would argue that we were not on our A game that game at all. Oh. Um, I I think any other day of the season, we would have beat them a lot more easily than. For sure. I think full strength, full strength lumberjack team, everybody healthy, I I think would have absolutely won that game versus Furman. I mean, they just got back from a long trip to Canada playing three games back to back to back. And then they, what, had a few days and then they turn around and go to Furman. So that's a lot of basketball and a lot of travel back to back to back to back. Well, and even on that day, a few, like one less error, uh, you know, and it could have went the other way. That's yeah. I mean, that's, that's so true. Um, let's, let's talk about, let, let's talk about that. Um, that crazy trip and win in Louisiana tech that, that was a wild game. So this is our our season best and worst section. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. For the the best win, definitely. So kind of what I did on each category is I put like um, a non-conference and then a conference um, game. But for non-conference, the best win was the Louisiana Tech. And I I would argue it was our best overall win because it was – it was a big win. It was overtime. You know, uh, I feel like we had a pretty good turnout of people drive uh, to Law Tech for that game. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't – there was probably like maybe 10 fans there. I don't know if there was a bunch, but um, 
I, I think the win all in all, though, just the way that we won, you know, last second buzzer beater layup from AJ, you know, it was a great win statistic wise, you know, and, and, and net wise. Um, so that was nice. Um, it, but it was just, it was just one of those games where we could win the game and we did like, we, we finished the game. Like we did not give up. We didn't let, you know, turnovers. Cause that game was such a bad turnover game for us. We had so many turnovers, like shocking amount of turnovers. And we were able to stay with them and win. And in the fashion that we won, it was just one of the, it was just a crazy game all in all. And I'm so glad that we made the trip. Me too. So yeah. glad we made the trip. I know we didn't have a lot, but I, I felt like we had a good uh, following, like considering it was that far and like, like on a weeknight and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a decent number of SFA people there for sure. And then of course, a few people that live in Louisiana um, and, and like Derek's family and a few other people were cheering us on. So, um, and, and the law tech people were fine. Like there was no big issues mainly with them. Um, and I think it was just, I think it was just really cool too. The fact that after the game, we like hunted down the bus and like made sure that we gave every single guy that came out who wanted a hug, a hug basically. I mean, whether or not they wanted it or not, we gave them one to be fair. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. wanted to wait and and see them after that game because that was that was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so for my uh, conference ones, I, I put GCU New Mexico State at home because I'm just always happy to beat both of them at home, especially New Mexico State this season since they beat us at home last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was glad for those wins, and I, I think the guys needed those as well. No, I, I completely agree with that. Um, with with New Mexico State, with this being their last season in the WAC, and just all the smack talk that we constantly hear from from that fan base, it was just it was so bittersweet again to to beat them. Um, I would have loved to have beat them at their home, but you know that didn't work out in our favor this year. Um, and I just that that game irks me and that that moves us into the worst loss um so i i put on mine sam twice but i could also argue the worst loss was us losing at new mexico state considering that we considering that we had beat them already at home and then we go to their house and they hadn't won a single game conference wise all season and then, of course, we're the game. We're the game that they choose to play lights out and us shit the bed, basically. And that was just frustrating beyond belief. No, that's a good point. That that one was super frustrating also. Um, <clears throat> for my non-conference one, I, I said Furman because of the reasons I was yeah. doing that. Um, and for the conference game... I put Utah Valley just because of how badly we got beat. Um, but I, I would also agree with you definitely on the Sam game at home. Well, I mean, both Sam games were terrible, but the the home one I feel like was worse because it was at home and because um, Nana got hurt. So, yeah, I this the, losing the Sam games twice, especially this being the last season for Sam Houston in our conference. And, you know, there are bitter rivals, you know, losing to them twice was just 
beyond frustrating. Um, I think non-conference wise, if I had to say a bad loss, uh, I, you know, yeah, the, the Furman, um, but to be different, you know, those games we played in, in Montreal, those first two games that we lost, those were, those were rough to swallow. Cause I feel like out of all three of those games, those first two games would have been the ones that we would have won. And then, you know, like at yeah. least, at least versus Middle Tennessee. I feel like we were maybe more at level with them. I don't know much about the other team that we can't pronounce. So, yeah, I didn't know anything about them. Yeah, it, it, those those were frustrating too, I think, just just personally, because I, I felt like those are the ones that we – and plus we traveled so freaking far to go watch them. Um, you know, yeah. that would have been nice to get some the wins, all three wins, but um, yeah – you know, and, and the other loss that I really, really hate out of conference is the freaking demon loss. We're not used to losing to Northwestern State. And the fact that we lost to them at home, and what, that's one of the games that affected our, our net and our resume seating too, um, that is also a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and like the first – well, not the first – I mean, the second season that we're out of their conference, it's like – Come on. That yeah. should have been easy. Should have been an easy W, especially at home. You know, yeah. not, but in general, I just, you know, we're not used to losing to the demons. And so them coming here and basically stomping all over us. And I mean, and it was, it was a high scoring game too. If I can remember correctly. I mean, yeah, it was 102 to 96. Like it was a absolute barn burner of a, of a game. And so, to lose in that fashion as well is just very, again, frustrating. Like if I could, if I could use a term to describe the majority of this season, I got two of them. I have frustrating and you know exhilarating because there were some games that were just wow, so good, played lights out. It was it's such a roller coaster. Like there were the exhilarating high highs and then the frustrating low lows, and I'm just like. This is why I'm so tired this season. Last season, yeah, I was tired. But this season, I feel like I am just spent emotionally and physically. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, okay, so speaking of our, our games in Montreal, best uh, road trip, or I guess we should just say trip. Um, yeah, we didn't try. Wasn't really a road trip. Um, overall, what, what was yours, Alex? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Montreal has hands down – was was the best part of the season, hundred um, percent. I mean, Vegas is great too, but we've been to Vegas. This was our first time to Montreal, and so I mean, everything was new to us. We have the the food. Well, we'll get there, but like everything about Montreal was so fun. I'm glad that you were able to stay longer and experience more of the city longer. I wish I had more time, but unfortunately, I didn't. Um, but it was just all around an amazing trip. I wish all of our trips could be that fulfilling, I guess is the word. Like, you know, we saw historic sites, we saw beautiful buildings, we were able to walk around and explore the city. And then of course the 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 food, which we'll get to in a second. But I mean, the whole, the whole trip, yeah, I wish we would have won more games, but the trip was fantastic. Yeah, no, that one was definitely my favorite hands down. Um, I mean, I haven't, I have been out of the country since before COVID. So that was, that was nice. I was starting to go through withdrawals from right. being off the 
of American soil for, you know, a week or so. Um, the, even though we didn't win that many games in the tournament, we should have won more. Um, we still had fun with that. And then, you know, I got to stay and hang out for a few more days with one of my really good friends who I haven't seen in person in like eight years. Uh, so that was fun. It was fun. And yeah, like Alex said, everything, it, it's a beautiful city and I will definitely be going back. hundred percent. Oh yeah. I would go back tomorrow if I could. It, it, it was fantastic. Had a great time. I would love to see more of Canada. Um, and that was my first time out of the country in, it's been a while. <laughs> Only been out of the country twice. So I know I need yeah. to bolster my out of the country checks. Okay. I need to catch up with Jacqueline, but it, it was, it was a great, it was an absolute great time. And again, don't get me wrong. I love Vegas, but I've been to Vegas a million times. It feels like, so like there's, which I love Vegas and I love how much there is to do and all the fun things you can do, all the fun bars, all the fun hotels, like, you know, you name it, you could probably find it to do it in Vegas. And plus we got our cute little tattoos in Vegas, you know? So that was, that was a great time and that was fun, but Montreal was just a whole nother level. Um, Cause it's just someplace we've never been before. Something we've never seen before. And if you want to know more about Montreal, you can go back and listen to that episode if you if you missed it. Because we, I feel like we gave a pretty good, oh yeah, of what all we got to see and do, basketball so. or not. I feel like anybody that wants to travel to Montreal should just listen to that episode in general. Yeah, yeah. Which brings us to the next part, which is the best food of the season. And again, I mean, we don't have to go through it all again, but holy moly, the food in Montreal was was just nuts. I, every single meal we had was amazing. Yeah, it was. And uh, just to quickly summarize it, like I say in a lot more detail on the on the Montreal episode, but um, I just didn't I didn't realize how culturally diverse Montreal was of a city. Oh, um, yeah. There's literally any cultural type of cuisine you can imagine and it's all delightful and amazing like it's all there's there's so much different stuff to try I mean I, I think every meal I had was something just completely different um and it was all amazing yeah the, the food was out of balance honestly I mean again you can go look at our our Instagram pages and and watch our watch our podcast from that to get all of the details but I mean the poutine the expensive meal that we had on the last night there, uh, the fact that Montreal was so walkable, the beaver tails. I mean, everything about it was just uh, chef's kiss. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't say enough. Um, it was really cool being in a, in a city where basically the main language is French. And so it felt like we were, it felt like we were in France, Yeah, you know? Um, but of course then all you have to do is say like, oh, I don't speak French. And they're like, oh, English, bink. like, and it wasn't a huge deal. You know, like there may have been a few people that are like, Ugh. but they're so used to it. So it's, it, it's really not that big of a deal, um, which was nice. Yeah. Com compared to going to actual France, it was a breeze because in France, they're not, though, at least the ones I came across in Paris were not so friendly about having to speak English to us little lowly Americans. Um, how dare, how dare we speak our own language? They didn't appreciate that. So um, uh, yeah. yeah, I loved Montreal. Their people were really nice and kind and very hospitable and accommodating. If you didn't speak French, um, which may made it more uh, intriguing to be like uh, interested in the French culture because you didn't feel like you were being 
isolated because you didn't speak it, which is how I personally felt in France. Um, yeah, that's so true. And I've never really been interested in like, I basically, the only, the only exposure I've ever had to like the French language was literally in high school when I took a, like a, a it was like a foreign language class that every few weeks we switched languages to something different. And that's literally, and literally my entire basis of French was what I remember from that class. And that's it. So I was like, okay, remind me. How do I say hello? How do I say goodbye? How do I say this? How do I say that? And so, but, but it was, again, it was, it was a great time. And, and, and it was, I would hundred percent recommend anyone wanting to go to Canada um, and experience like the French culture, definitely go to uh, Montreal first for sure. Um, okay. Last best of, so best home game atmosphere. Uh, I a hundred percent agree with Jacqueline. She, she'll let you know exactly what I'm talking about. Tell us what those were. So I said either the Cal Baptist game or the Sam Houston home game, even though it was a loss. Uh, Cause I, I know, I think for both of those games, they did the, the $5 tickets, didn't they? I be- Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cal Baptist game, you know, was our ESPNU game. So it was actually televised instead of just uh, streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one that we had our special PMA tailgate with our, our homecoming auction uh, winner, Richard. Uh, so I think that was a fun one. And then uh, the same game, even though it was a loss, uh, I felt like we had a good turnout and that's just always such a rivalry game that I, I feel like the energy is there with the crowd, whether we win or lose. Um, yeah. No, I, I completely agreed with you when you, when you put those down, I couldn't think of another home game atmosphere that was as electric as the last couple home games. Um I wish that all of our games at home had that many people there with that many people on their feet and cheering and, and, and getting excited for both men and women, you know, but if that's, again, there's just so many factors that prevent the adults, the community members from attending every single game all the time. And I, we get it. We get it. Um, the students, you have no excuses. Anyway, that's all another podcast. Um, I'm not going to get into that again for the hundredth time. Um, okay, great. That concludes the best of and worst of the season. Moving on to some statistics. So we wanted to kind of go over a little bit of the season statistics with you guys. Um, kind of let everybody know how we did numbers wise. So the first thing I think we'll go over are the the averages. So let me get those numbers up. Take it a minute. Okay, there we go. So, of course, um, Jacqueline already mentioned our our uh, cumulative and conference wins and losses. So I don't need to go over those again. Um, so we outscored opponents by, let's see, 200 points this season. Our average points or our total points this season were 2,427. Um, so our per- points per game average was about 75.8 points per game. That's that's not too bad. That's not too shabby. Um, let's see. Our shooting was about 47%. Not Amazing, but not horrible, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be a little bit less than that. Um, Let's see, field goals per game, 27. Three-pointer percentage, 38. Eh, 
What do we think about those two percentages so far, Jax? Mm, I guess I'm kind of indifferent. I know. Like, it's not great, but it's not yeah. horrible. You know, it's just there. It's meh. Okay. Uh, free throws, free throws. So our three free throw percentage was actually 71%. That's not, that's not bad. That's, that's not, not bad. bad. No, yeah. I mean, some of the games that we had were just God awful free throw percentage wise. That's not horrible. I'll take over 70, honestly. I mean, yeah, I mean, I closer to 80, but I'll take over 70. I mean, to be fair, we were we did outshoot our our opponents. I mean, our average was seventy one, and theirs was sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with our three pointers. Uh, our opponents' average was thirty three percent, and we were a little bit higher as well on on field goal percentage. With they had forty three percent. So we definitely were out shooting our opponents um, average wise. So that's nice. Uh, total rebounds, uh, we had 1,102. Um, per game, we had 34 average. Which I think is good. I think that's, that's not good. bad. That's one more than our opponents with 33. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, total assists on the season, 482. We had 15 average per game. Not bad. Here's the number that I hate. Uh, turnovers. Total, 493, 15 per game average. And honestly, that average is not, it's not bad. It's just knowing that we got to that average with some games that were like barely double digits and then some that were like well into the 20s. Yeah. Because I, when I know that we can do barely double digits, when we're up above the 20 mark, I'm not happy. No, no, not at all. The only, I guess, silver lining about it is the fact that we were still under our opponent's average of 18. So we were still doing better than our opponents on turnovers, but I think we should be doing way better. Way yeah, because I, I feel like we're always going to be doing better than our opponents simply based sure. on the fact that we play a defense that our whole game plan is a defense that forces turnovers. So we should be having less turnovers than whoever we play. Oh yeah. Completely. A given, but For I would sure. like to be lower, but um, that's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, steals. So steals, total steals, 284, 8.9 per game. Definitely doing better than our opponents. Our opponents had 6.2. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, blocks. Now, this is where I think this might be the only stat where our opponents kicked our butt. So blocks, total blocks, 83 per game, 2.6. Opponents, 105. 3.3 per game. Yeah, and I, I totally understand that one because, man, were we working on a shortage of big guys this season because oh, we yeah. had we had Montavious Murphy leave before the season even started. Right. Jalil injured at the beginning of the season. Uh, we had Robbie injured at the beginning of the season. And then we had Day Day already injured, but still playing, playing at post. 
you know, at like six, three and he's, he's great down there, but he's not going to get that many blocks against these dudes who are almost seven foot, you know? So uh, that, that one I can live with because we just didn't have it. Yeah, no. And, and that's, and that's a fair assessment. I mean, we, we can't really fault them because we just don't have the height over these guys. Uh, and then total attendance, 42,467. Um, and then our opponents, 31,685 average. Um, or total, sorry. Um, and then per game, our per game average is 2,654. I had to squint because that was a tiny, that was a larger number and it was hard to see. Um, okay, so moving forward from the averages, going into team stats, um, which were kind of the similar thing, but uh, going over to the the individuals and like looking at the, you know, the averages and the category leaders. So just off of, just off of, the season and not even looking at the stats, Jacqueline, who do you think scored the most points this season? Day day. Yeah. Okay. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Easy money there. Okay. And he also, <laughs> I mean, he also played two less games, you know, we had 32 games this season and he only played 30. Yeah. But, I, no, would I'm just saying. I would say there's only maybe three guys on the team who played more, uh, more than that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying just in general, he played less games, still scored more. I mean, by a lot. I mean, it was like 30 points more. Um, so yeah. Uh, so day day, he scored the most points, 392. He had 13.1 points per game. Um, then the next highest is obviously going to be Nigel at 363. He played 32 games, 11.3 game or 11.3 points per game. Um, then you had Trell at 330 points and he only played 28 games, 11.8 per game. Uh, then you have AJ Juice played 32 games, 314. Not bad for the first year from AJ. Um, 9.8, almost, almost 10 points per game, almost. And again, love to see that from, from a point guard. Um, and then rounding it up at from the five spot, um, just going to do like top five. Basically it's probably easier that way and quicker, uh, 30 games per 30 games this season. We got Rati super senior, 247 game or points this year. Total uh, 8.2 per game. Good job. All right. Moving on. Ah. All right. Um, Field goal. Okay. Yeah. So we'll just do, I mean, obviously y'all know who got the most from the previous, but this will, we'll go over the field goal percentage. Mm -hmm. um, we had the first place was day day uh, at a 59.4%. Um, I'm just going to do the percentages. That's My easier. Yeah. Didn't made. Um, in second place, we had Nigel at 46.2%. Uh, third most accurate shooter we had was Trell at 43%. Um, the fourth was AJ at 44.1%. And rounding it out again in fifth place was Rati at 41.6%. Wow. Um, we'll see it. 
three-pointer. Who do you think? The silencer, baby. Love to see it. 42% three-point percentage. That ain't too shabby, buddy. Such a great three-point percentage. Yeah, that ain't too shabby at all. And then the next highest is AJ with 38. Next highest, you got Nigel with 34%. Then he got Rati with 36, and then Kyle with 39. That makes me happy. Me too. Good job, Kyle. He he took some good ones. He really did. He really and honestly, he 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 did. He was a very good three-point shooter when given the opportunity in the minutes in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Free throws. Who's your have you looked at it yet? I did, so I know who it is, but I, I honestly was expecting uh, Trell to be higher, but now looking at the stats, it makes sense. I, I was going to guess AJ, I think, but um, all right. So wait. Yeah, they have that wrong. Uh, yeah, that's, in, I don't. Oh, because they listed it by free throws made instead of percentage. Ah, so technically Trell is the highest. Not a. Uh, Nana is the highest. Oh, trail. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, so why do they not put? Okay, I wish they just put it in order. That's weird. Okay. Oh, yeah, they put it in order of made instead of percent, which I think is more important. But anywho, okay, so mm-hmm. uh, highest percentage is trail at 83.6. Mm-hmm. Uh, second would be Nana at 78.4. Third would be AJ at 78.1. Then fourth would be Nigel at 77.3. And fifth would be Rati at 72.2. Nice. Love it. So moving on to rebounds. Oh, wait, you know what? So it's wrong on the three-pointers too because they listed it the same way. Oh, they did? Yeah. Um. So actually, Jalen was the highest percentage. Oh, yeah, I see that. 4.8. Why do they make it confusing? I would just rather the percentages. I would just rather them be in order based off of like the highest percentage. But yeah, and the you know. same way. Anywho, whatever. Disregard anything we've said because we're just going to keep going. Yeah. Now we're into, now we're into um, things. Rebound. <laughs> okay, so rebounding. Boy, oh, boy. We got Day Day Hall at the very top with 203 rebounds. He averaged 6.8 per game. Love to see it. Then we had Nana at 148, Nigel at 123, and then the team rebounds at 97. Uh, Then we got Derek. Good job, Derek. He had 86, and Rati had 84. I never quite understand why they, I mean, I get why they throw in the team number at 97, but I just, I mean, okay. (laughs) That's fine. Um, Okay. So assist, I I think, you know, who leads this one, even if you have, or if you've looked at it already. Um, So our assist leader was obviously AJ with 139. Uh, Next in line, and and no disrespect to him, I'm just pumping AJ up. AJ had almost twice the number of assists as the second place person. Uh, Trail had 71. AJ destroyed everyone with assists, which he should. That's his job. 
<laughs> he was doing his job. Mm -hmm. uh, we got Day Day in third with 55, Rati in fourth with 51, and Nigel in fifth place with 45. Uh, Kyle, don't tell the world the new word Hunter learned. Oh, that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Kyle. Ah, ah. Oh, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Oh, Locked my God. Up in the safe. Don't worry about it. Oh, my God. That's funny. I literally was looking at the stats. I wasn't even looking at the stream of, of comments. And then I just checked, and that was what it said on there. I, just, I think that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's great. Okay. Um, moving on to blocks. All right. So uh, Nana had the most blocks this season with 31, then Day Day with 21, and then those are the only two players that were in double digits. The rest were uh, in single digits. Jaleel with nine, uh, Robbie with five, and Kyle with five. All right. Steals. Uh, obviously leading the way with Steals, AJ with 49. Uh, we got Day Day in second place with 37, um, which is really amazing. Uh I feel like most post players don't really get that many steals. So to be the second place uh, on, I, I feel like it's kind of a given that your, your point guard should probably have the most steals because they're guarding the other team's point guard. Um, but to have a post in second place, amazing. Third place, we had trail with 35. Fourth place, we had raw T with 33 and rounding it up. Fifth place was Kyle with 28. Um, amazing. Cause he, he didn't get nearly the minutes that any of those guys did and was very close. Only five steals behind uh, Rotti. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Um, so that was steals. <laughs> I don't want to do this one. Uh, all right. So turnovers. One of the stats that we just don't like to talk about. But we're going to have to. So, AJ, as much as you've been killing it on the stats, the one stat that you didn't kill was the turnovers. Um, 72, AJ had 72, Nana had 65. Oh, Nana got oh, the ball, baby. Um, 54 for Nigel, 51 for Dede, and then Trell with 46. And just a, like, um, footnote on there, your point guard should always have the most turnovers, honestly, because he should be the one with the ball the most. Um, yeah. And one of your players who's going to be battling to take shots a lot, like your post, they should probably have a good number too, because if they don't, they don't have the ball that much. Yeah. It's just obviously a stat that. Yeah. Not a fun one. Um, no. Personal fouls. <laughs> Another not fun one. <laughs> Let me guess who leads personal foul category. Not who I thought. Oh, yeah. Day Day leading the way with 91. Uh, <laughs> Not who I thought, to be fair. But remember, he had several games in a row where he either fouled out or had four. Ah, that's true. That's that's true. I, I was thinking I was thinking our boy number 15 would have been higher on the list, but he didn't play as much. So that's fair. Yeah. No, uh, Day Day had that like five or six game stint where he was like always in foul trouble. That's true. Um, Okay, we got uh, Nana in second with 83, AJ in third with 74, Trell in fourth with 72, and Nigel in fifth with 67. <laughs> um, uh, quickly go over the minutes. Uh, AJ played the most at 840, Day Day at 820, Nana at 816, Trell at 805, and Nigel at 788. 
That's a lot. And just, just to put it in perspective, some of Kyle's stats, he only has 475 minutes. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he has a little over half than some of those guys. So that's facts. And, and then also, you know, the, uh, like, uh, where, who was it? Um, you know, there was a bunch of games where a couple of these guys didn't start, um, but those were our main starters majority of the season, Nigel Latrell, Nana, Dede, and AJ. Um, but there were there were a couple games that didn't start, but still, I mean, that's a lot of minutes. I mean, all of them averaging about 27, 28 per game. So that's that's a lot of workhorse. And they had to work a lot because – we were down so many players, down Robbie, down Jaleel, uh, down Jalen for a little while. There was a few games. Trell didn't play, the ones in Montreal. Um, Derek didn't play a couple. I mean, we were down a lot of Yeah. A lot of players. So those, those kind of main guys had to really, really step up and play a lot of games and a lot of minutes. <sighs> yeah. Did you want to go over the last miscellaneous category, the assist turnover ratio? <laughs> um, sure. I guess we did it last time, so we might as well. Um, go ahead. These should all be pretty much givens. Everybody, obviously, AJ is going to be the leader. Uh, his um, was one point nine three, um, so almost twice as many assists as turnovers. We had Trell at one point five four, uh, Raw T at one point two four. Day Day at 1.08 and JJP right behind at 1.04. Mm hmm. Yeah. Kyle says, I wasn't sure if I missed the Vegas shenanigans yet. No, not yet. We haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. We're about to be though. So yeah. don't, don't run away. Don't run away, buddy boy. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. So, uh, game high team, game high individual. So game high team, uh, game high, 103 points where it was the game high, and that was versus Paul Quinn. Um, field goals made also against Paul Quinn at 38. Uh, field goal attempts, that was versus Letourneau at 70. Of course, you know, that's the games that we play against, you know, the non-deep opponents. Um, Three-point field goals made, 15, again, Paul Quinn. Three-point field goal attempts, 32 versus Law Tech. These are all the these are all the highs. Um, that's again. wild to me that we had the most attempts in that La Tech game, but I am remembering that there were a lot that we missed, and we were like, "Stop taking the threes. Oh yeah, believe me, there's another La Tech uh, stat down there, which I knew it was coming. I'm, I'm, I'm it, it'll be there. We're almost there. Uh, free throws made, 31 versus Jackson State. Free throw attempts, 40 versus uh, Jackson State. So the same game. Uh, rebounds. We had 54 rebounds in one game, but again, that was a Loterno game. That's not a D1 opponent. So, uh, the most assists we had was the Paul Quinn game. The most steals we had was nine. I'm sorry, that was 29. Uh, the most steals we had were uh, 19, and then the Loterno game. The block shots was a tie, six in the Loterno game, and then in the New Mexico State game. And that makes me so happy that we got the same number of blocks against New Mexico State that we did against Laterno. <laughs> oh, and then here's the stat. <sighs> makes me want to gag. 28 turnovers, and that was in the Law Tech game. Again, that's why I said that win was so 
great because of that fact. The fact that we had 32.3 point field goal attempts didn't make all that 32, believe me. And we also had 28 turnovers in that game and still managed the overtime win. That's all I'm saying. We still kept ourselves in position to win that game, regardless of those crazy stats. Oh, man. Okay, and then the most fouls, another one that I just want to throw up. Two games. There's two games. We had 31 fouls. Utah Tech and UTRGB. But you know what else? We won both of those games. Also. We did, which is also wild to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Do you want to go over the individuals? Yep. All right. So we have uh, the highest points for the season of a player was AJ with 29 against Abilene Christian. Um, the most field goals made in a game by a player. So we had a three-way tie um, between Day-Day, Nigel, and Rati, who each made nine. Um, and I'm not going to completely break it down and go look at all of them, but I, I'm going to say day, day, obviously had to have a few different times that that happened because they list out six different games for those three players. And I can't tell you who's attributed to who, cause I'm not gonna look that all up, but we have the Paul Quinn game, North American, California Baptist, Utah tech, Sam Houston and Abilene Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, the most field goal attempts. In a game was Nigel uh, with 18 against Middle Tennessee. The most three-point field goals made in a game was Trell with six against Furman. Damn, that still pisses me off. I know. Uh, most God. field goal attempts was Trell with 11 um, in the Furman game as well as in the Louisiana Tech game. The most free throws made in the game was our boy Nana with 13 in the Gardner-Webb game. Uh, the most three-point uh, – I can't even talk. The most free throw attempts in a game was Nana in that same Gardner-Webb game. He attempted 14, so he made 13 of 14 that game. Uh, most rebounds in a game was 14, obviously, our boy Day-Day. Uh, that was Charlton State. Uh, which I was also so happy that we won that game since they beat us last year. Um, mm -hmm. Most assists in a game, duh, AJ, uh, with 13 against Paul Quinn. Uh, the most steals in a game was actually Day Day, uh, not AJ, um, with seven against Letourneau. Shock. Uh, the most block shots in a game, we had three different players do it, and I bet Nana did it a couple of times because we have three players in five games. So the, the game high was three. That happened in the Abilene Christian game, New Mexico State, Grand Canyon, Seattle U, and Utah Valley, um, which that makes me really happy that we got that many in the Utah Valley game. I know. Here I go. But considering that y'all have a seven-footer, um, yeah, that makes me happy. Uh, okay, turnovers, the most in a game was Rati with six in the Law Tech game. Um, the most fouls in a game, obviously, uh, we had multiple people foul out in um, multiple games. <laughs> we had Kyle, JJP, Dayday, Nana, Derek, Trell, and Jalil all fouled out at some point. Uh, some of them more than once because there's a whole slew of games. I'm not going to name all of them out. Oh, boy. So there's all that. Now we'll dive into, we'll just, we'll recap on the WAC conference awards section. Um, 
Yeah, we'll just go pretty quick since uh, so the overall, he's in there. Yeah, the overall awards, we have Player of the Year was Quay Grant with Sam Houston. Defensive Player of the Year was Aziz Bandago at Utah Valley. Sixth Man of the Year was D Barnes with Southern Utah. Freshman of the Year was Kendall Weaver, or do you say it Kendall? I don't know. Um, at UTA. Uh, newcomer of the Year was Aziz Bandago. Bandango at Utah Valley and the coach of the year was Mark Madsen at Utah Valley. Mad dog. Um, so all whack first team, Ray Harrison, Grand Canyon, uh, Quay Grant, Sam Houston, Cameron Tyson, Seattle U, Tavian Jones, Southern Utah, Aziz again for Utah Valley, uh, Latre from Utah Valley, Trey Woodbury from Utah Valley, and Justin Johnson, UTRGV. I will say, after going to the tournament and watching a few of these guys play, I get it. I guess. Dot, dot, dot. I mean, some of them, yeah, for sure, like, fuck great players. Um, but still think that Dede could have made first team, but I digress. Anyway. I agree. Um, I love how you just completely skipped over the last name that you didn't know how to pronounce. I did. I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it because I just don't know. I'm going to start doing that or just call them by the, the initial. Um, okay, so the all-white second team, we had Taryn Armstrong from Cal Baptist, Gabe McLaughlin from Grand Canyon, Dante Powers from Sam Houston, Riley Grigsby from Seattle U, Mason Fawcett from Southern Utah, Day Day Hall from SFA, Freddie Hicks from Charlton and Cameron Gooden from Utah Tech. The WAC All Defensive Team: We got Damian Daniels from Abilene Christian, Javion May, Sam Houston, Shamir Bogues from Tarleton, Aziz from Utah, and Latrey from Utah Valley as well. Hundred um, percent think that our boy AJ could have easily snuck in there, but again, I digress. For sure. Um, after. I'm going to add on to my list. I'm going to go back and look at how many steals some of those guys had per game. And I know I'm going to be mad. But anyways, uh, <laughs> all newcomer team. We have Ray Harrison from Grant Canyon, Quay Grant from Sam Houston, Cameron Hefner from Sam Houston, Drake Allen from Southern Utah, and Aziz Bandego from Utah Valley, who got something in almost every single category. <sighs> oh, man. Okay. If they had a post dunks category, he would win that too, because I think that's the only shot that he can make. I think that's literally all he can do. You're right. You're right. Um, do you want to take a quick break and talk about Vegas a little bit, then end up with the art with our awards? Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. Vegas game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, Maria. She said we had a good season. We had a decent season, yes. Could have been better, absolutely, but it was a good season in totality um you know it's just it's i guess let me let me go off on a tangent really quick it'll be a quick tangent i guess 19 wins for some people isn't enough i guess just because of the past of sfa of being so dominant that holy shit us having a 19 win season is just not enough for people um but for some teams that's like that's all they want is a 19 win season <laughs> so I guess that's like poverty. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm pleased and I'm happy with how the season um, came. Obviously, we wish we would have played further in the tournament and had a run in, at, at NCAA tournament. But um, considering all the stuff we went through, I mean, 
I'm pretty pleased with 19 wins. I, I agree with that. And um, unfortunately, as much as we would like to just look at the the overall um, record and it be great, it life doesn't always work that way. Um, every year we have a different team. All the other teams have a different team. Uh, we have different struggles, whether that may be players leaving for one reason or another, players getting injured right, left, and center, <laughs> multiple players per game. Um so just looking at the numbers is never a description at all of how the season went, you know, um, and we're there every single game watching, watching the struggle every single time. And um, the numbers could have been better. Sure. But uh, overall I was, I was really proud of our guys considering for sure all the guys we had leave the injuries um shake up of different players having to play different positions Poor day day having to play every single game uh with two braces on because he was going to push through and wait until after the season to have surgery um which not every player would probably do or even maybe should do but that's that's the decision that he made um and so you know we all the guys did what they could and uh my my segue into this last game and then we can talk about our our fun that we had in vegas um yeah. But even this last game, like I wouldn't say, oh, we played terribly because I don't believe that either. And I, I, I think saying so that, I think that saying that would be a huge um, disservice to the guys who did get to play because, uh, you know, the thing is, we had we had two guys starting that final game who rarely started in the regular season mm-hmm. uh, you know, a few times here and there. And absolutely, I think, would would uh, make a great starter. I'm saying would because one of them, Derek, is transferring. Um, but, you know, uh, both, of, both of them had injuries and for various reasons didn't get the playing time during the season that, that they probably normally would have. So um, they did what they could. Uh, and I, I know they can do a lot better, but that's that's just the way it worked out. So. Yeah, and 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 talking about this last game, the the whack tournament game in, in Vegas that was on Tuesday night. Um, you know, it it was it was very it was hard to watch too because we know when this team is on all full cylinders, playing at its absolute peak highest, everybody being healthy, they could beat anybody. But watching them play so broken. And beat down. You have to understand these guys are were emotionally and physically spent, just like we were, because of all the stuff that's been going on with them. Losing Nana the way that they lost Nana at the end of the season was a lot for them. I think that was a killer for them. Well, um, and I think I think they were already physically and emotionally spent like halfway through the season. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's true, but just I feel like that was like the tipping point. That, that was the icing on the cake, you know. Yeah. And so by the time they got to the end of the season, and then losing Nana, that was the tipping point. And you know, and he's such a vital part of the lineup and a vital part of that team that losing him was almost like a death blow, you know. And and, and in the way it happened too, if it was something that happened out off the, it, it happened on the court during a game. It was scary, and it's 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 very rough to kind of come back from that mentally and emotionally. And then seeing Day Day 
be sitting out two games because he was in so much pain saying that he was done for the season. And then after that Sam Houston game say, you know what guys screw it. I'm putting my Jersey back on for Vegas so that I can help you try to win the game and go and move forward was nothing short of, first of all, insane to me, but also just so selfless. I mean, he could have so, he could have injured himself so much more than what he already has just so that he could help his team. And if that isn't being selfless, I don't know what is, man. I, I, I just cannot believe that a, he did that. I mean, I can believe it because he's a competitor and he wants to play no matter how hard he's hurting, but it's just, you know, knowing what we know of this team and how much they've gone through, I, I, I still, I don't know. It's just hard, especially being in that post-game presser with them, watching Nigel and Trell completely break down and lose it and barely able to talk. That was rough. That was rough. And just thinking about it now makes me want to cry again. I was crying like a freaking baby, man. Like an absolute baby for them, for them. I care less about the season. I don't care for them. I was, I was hurt for them because they wanted it very badly, but they knew that it was a long shot, honestly, because of how beat they were. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, and a quick side note on that because I, I forgot um, to mention it, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but on I think it was on Friday, uh, Day Day posted on Facebook that he had a surgery and everything went good. So yes, I did see that. So let's all thank the Lord, bless, or thank whoever you you pray to um, that he had surgery, it was successful, everything went well. If my lid falls off my drink one more time. Um, everything went well. It was successful. Honestly, thank God, to be fair. I, I don't know what would happen to Matt mental state if it wasn't, but uh, yeah, I hope the rehabbing and recovery goes well. Okay. So we're going to jump into this game real quick and then we'll talk about the funner points of Vegas. Um, so we played Tuesday night, March 7th, the first night of the tournament. Um, the first night there in Vegas, the games were played at the Michelob ultra arena instead of at the Orleans uh, arena. We played Utah tech, which, Going into this game, uh, the two seasons that we've been in the WAC, we've only played them one time each season, um, and both seasons we had beat them. Both times we played them uh, at home and on the road. The last time that we played them was on the road at their place um, in January, and we beat them 85 to 72. So, I mean, we we were, like, feeling pretty decent. Um, our starters for this game, uh, because we did have day day back, but not at a hundred percent. Not that he was ever a hundred percent, but um, we had Trill, Nigel, Derek, AJ, and Jalil. Uh, we did lose by four points, 80 to 76. Um, the attendance was 640 random side note. Literally today, whenever I was looking at the stats from the game and putting in the attendance and all that, I always just glance at the referee names. One of the referees we had for this game, and I, I didn't even remember or pay attention, um, but his name is John Stigliano. Well, whenever my dad refereed, um, the head of his chapter of officials was Tony Stigliano, which is obviously that dude's uh, dad. So that's a funny little small referee world 
thing. That all I see, all I hear is this, like no. Stigiano. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to blow through Sean Kennedy's stat section quickly. Our, I uh, will say what's <laughs> before us get started. What's disappointing about this is really only thing they beat us on was the field goal percentage by five percent, less than five. Um, I was going to so say, we, we lost by four points in overtime. Like, that's it. Like, it wasn't like we played horribly. We played decently and down banana. Like, okay. I know. I know. So, it, it sucked because I was I was waiting on, like, one glaring. Because, you know, you're always – when I do it, I'm always looking for one glaring thing to be like, oh, okay, that's why we lost. Um, yeah. Sorry about the fake bird chirping in the background. Um, someone has found the toy that I had last night whenever they were playing with it while I was trying to sleep. Um, anyhow, our stats really weren't bad. So just they know every, everything is pretty in line with theirs. Um, our field goal percentage was 44.6. Theirs was 49.1. So four and a half points higher. Um, our three point percentage was 26.3. Uh, theirs was 30. Our free throw percentage was 72.2. Theirs was 74.1. Um, points in the paint, we had 36 points off turnovers. We had 16, um, second chance points. We had 12 fast break points. We had 21, um, our bench points. We had 34 total rebounds. We had 31, which they did out rebound us, uh, quite a few that not quite a few, but a few, that was the only other like glaring thing. They had 37 rebounds. We had 31. Um, so we had nine offensive and 22 defensive. We had 23 fouls. Only 10 turnovers. God. They had 17. Um, we had 10 steals. Uh, they only had four. We had zero blocks. Um, our game leaders, we had Trell with 17 points, four assists, one steal. We had Nigel with 13 points, four rebounds, four assists, one steal. Um, Day Day, this close to a double-double, 12 points, nine rebounds, one assist. Uh, Robbie, we had 12 points and six rebounds and listen Robbie played uh great that game Robbie was killing it because he only had 14 minutes and he matched day day on scoring who had 32 minutes exactly I was like he almost had a point per minute again like there's been multiple games where Robbie's only played like a handful of minutes maybe two handfuls of minutes and he's scored double digit like he he was playing lights out and I just have to say Dede battled all 32 of those freaking minutes. There was even a point in time where he had a, like right when he went into the game that he had to come out for a few minutes to get his entire menagerie of, of, of shoulder shit refitted because he needed to go back in the game so badly, but he needed to fix it because he couldn't move correctly. Like that's how much he battled in this game. And I still, oh, still can't. And that was upsetting, too, because when he first came out, like, I mean, we were sitting right there. And so he came out and immediately, like, pulled his jersey off. And, like, we just saw him say, I can't do it. And I was like, oh, my God, he's done. Like, this is it. That's what I thought, too. I know. It was like, I I can't, like, I can't move like this. Like, you got to readjust it. I can't do anything. Um, So for a second there, we were like, we were Whoo, breathing hard because I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. But then he went back in and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe he, okay, okay. And he battled. He battled the whole, the whole time. 
so proud of them. My God, to have four guys in double digits lose an overtime by four, it's heartbreaking. But Christ, if you weren't watching that game and you weren't proud of them afterwards, I don't know what to tell you because that was a hard-fought game, hard-fought game. I mean, their leading scorer had 22 points. Cameron Gooden is good. I mean, his last name's Gooden. It's He's good, right? 22 points. He had um, – he was almost 100% on his free throws. He had um, five assists. He had a steal in there. I mean, he he's a good freaking player. They had four guys in double digits as well. Uh, Frank Stain, I'm assuming it's Stain, uh, 18 points. Isaiah Pope with 14. And uh, Dan Sell Letter with 12. I mean – and they play, they came in ready to go. You know, they, the end of their season, they really just started kicking up and playing really well. And they were just literally, they were on like a nice little coast into the tournament and they were ready to go. They were ready to go. And they had more players coming off the bench than we did. So they just, they had more bodies to play more minutes and just, we couldn't, we just couldn't hold out in overtime. And that's just how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately, especially in March Madness. Anything can happen. I mean, we saw how many upsets so far. We saw upsets at WAC Vegas. We saw upsets now in March Madness in the NCAA tournament. Like this year has been bonkers. So anything can happen in March. You could be literally the last seeded team and win a tournament. March Madness, baby. What are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Vegas itself. Uh, we were in Vegas for a while, it felt like, and it pretty much was. Um, One day shot of a week, basically. But Yeah, basically. Uh, so from Tuesday till Monday, we were in Vegas. Majority of those days were full of basketball shenanigans. Um, you could literally say that – I mean, we woke up, would get ready, get dressed, and then go to the basketball arena at Orleans. And we were pretty much there from noon-ish, depending on what games were and what times, um, till, what, 10, 11 some days. Um, yeah, maybe even later because, uh, I mean, like like we said, unfortunately the guys lost the very first game. Um, but, but the ladies, we, we went and watched all the Lady Jacks, uh, you know, two games that they got to play. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we went, we went to a good bit of, <clears throat> of the guys games and the, um, the, uh, the, whatever. I'm not even going to complain about it again, but the way they staggered these games was stupid. Um, so it's only staggered two hours. I know. Um, which the typical game takes two hours, first of all. So then what if you go into overtime and then you got to set the 25 minutes or 30 minutes, or whatever on the clock for the next team to warm up. So it was just constantly behind schedule. So, I mean, the last game of the night would be set for eight, but it wouldn't start till probably like almost nine. Um, and then by the time it's over and uh, we would go watch the, the post game press conference. And so by the time we'd get out, it'd be 1130 or midnight. Yeah. Um, by then y'all know this girl was hungry again. <laughs> And needed food. So then, I mean, we were getting in late, like mm-hmm. without even like drinking or partying or anything, just going to the games and then needing to eat again and then getting back to the hotel. It'd be like two o'clock. Yeah, literally, literally. Um, hold on. I got to say hi to my friend. Hi, Joel. 
And he was saying, I'm tempted to come to a game. Is it better than U of H basketball contagious attitude? I don't know what that means, contagious attitude, but U of H is like lights out right now. So I would argue that I would come to a U of H game. <laughs> yeah. When, when are you going to take us to a U of H game was the question there. I, I would love to go to a U of H game, to be fair. Like I've never been to a U of H game and I know that obviously they're playing really well right now. They're in the tournament and that's why I picked to go all the way. I don't know if they will, but um yeah, I would wouldn't mind going to a U of H game. Wouldn't mind as a flip SFA playing U of H. That'd be actually really good for both teams. To be fair, um, okay. So anyway, Vegas. It's always a you know an interesting time. You never know what you're going to get into. And Jacqueline's right. We really didn't like go out 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 and like party. We just didn't have the time. Really, um, we would be so tired if we tried to do that and then try to wake up for for basketball the next day. My God, we would be dead girls walking. Um, be like zombies in Vegas or something. Um, but we did have fun on the days that we didn't have basketball all day. We, you know, walked around touristy stuff, went on the strip, uh, went into a couple hotels that we didn't go into last time we were there last year. Um, you know, there were a few hotels that I had never been in, even from the multiple times I've been to Vegas, uh, like the Aria, Treasure Island, um, Mandalay Bay, like there's just a few that I had never gone into that we went into. Let me tell you what, the Aria, I mean, you're literally shitting money if you freaking stay there. It is fancy schmancy. I thought Cosmopolitan was the fanciest hotel. It's up there, but the Aria, holy shnikes. You walk in and it's literally your, your piss and opulence, man. It's it was very beautiful. Yeah, and and all the food was great too. We had some really cheap meals a few nights, and then we we splurged on a couple others a few other nights. And you know, it, it was a great time, a really good time. Um, hung out a lot with Kyle. If you're still on, I don't know, but hung out a lot with Kyle and his friend John, which we made good friends with him as well. Um, can't wait to hang out with those boys again. They were they had a, we had a great time hanging out with them. Uh, spent a lot of time with Hunter as well from SFA because um, Hunter's great. He's hilarious, fantastic. Um, he's a great resource too. So love hanging out with Hunter. Um, and uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time with, with Kyle. We we got to know Kyle a lot. <laughs> and with Bill, our, our favorite. Oh, yes. Um, oh. Sweet. Yeah. Yes. Right. So we had we had our media passes. So we sat um, at the media table with Cal and Bill um, every game. Really. Every game. Yeah. Um, Hunter was there for a few, uh, and so and then, um, like she said, Cal's friend John. Uh, so pretty much every night it was it was me, Alex, either Cal and Hunter or Cal and John or Cal and Bill, um, going out to get us some some late night eats and. Man, we just had a really, really good time. Um, it was fun. It was literally, it was Vegas light because, we, like I said, we didn't go out and get crazy schwazy, you know, going to all these clubs and going to, you know, all these bars. We went to a, a couple really fun bars that we, that Jacqueline and I had found. She found a really cool one when she was searching and then, you know, went to a couple that places that, you know, I had found or she had found to eat. And, you know, we, like I said, got our cute little tats, you know, for $10, our Harry Potter lightning bolt. Um, 
and and we just had a fun time. Took Jacqueline to Fremont Street for the first time. Um, I would I would love to go longer. Obviously, I know we were kind of pressed for time this first time, but so we were able just literally to get dropped off and then walk through, got lunch, and then walked to and then got uh, the Uber to the tattoo shop. But I would love to stay longer um, next time because there are some really cool places on Fremont since that's like original Vegas. So. Um, but anyways, we had, a, again, great time. Can't wait for next year. Um, I would really love to, uh, again, do some things that we didn't do the last two times. Um, you know, maybe we could one day go, you know, to the mountain or go on the rocks and go hiking or something. Yeah. I would love to do any of that. Um, and I, I was going to say joking, but maybe not. Uh, the next time we're on, we're on Fremont, we should check out the disco pussy. I'm done. I'm there. hundred percent. We took a, we took a picture of it. I, we didn't take one of us in the picture, but didn't, I didn't even think about doing that, but we, yeah, <laughs> we the uh, but yeah I, I think Vegas light is a good, uh, a good explanation, a good description. And, um, you know, really, I'm going to tell you, I just thought of this. Um, I don't know why I hadn't thought about it this way before. Um, but our, our kind of overall trip of Vegas this time, was really reminiscent to me of when I used to go to the the Texas State um, high school basketball tournament every year with my dad and his friends because um, mm -hmm. it was very much just more focused on the games, go to the games every day. That's what you're here for. You're not doing any really much other stuff um, and just hanging out with a bunch of old, you know, married dudes and like we're not going out and partying and drinking. We're just going to the games and getting food. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I could always go for at least one night of partying, but after, oh, yeah. uh, after all the basketball's done, because I don't think I could do it during basketball time, because it would we would never make it to the damn game, so um, we would definitely have to do it. You, you know. got to play like a champion to do that. I've I've done it a few times at the state at the state tournament, and uh, mm -hmm. it takes it takes some effort and training. Hundred percent. You know, Vegas is a marathon, not a sprint. 100%. If you're only going for like two days or something, marathon it, do it, but, or sprint it, go for it. But if you're going to be there for as long as we have to be there for basketball, it's a hundred percent a marathon, hundred percent. Um, but anyway, so that kind of rolls us right into the final kind of part of our, of our podcast. Like I said, we had a great time in Vegas. Can't wait excited for you know the new season and next year and and to do hang out with our people and and do more of the same um and i, I hope bill makes it back even even though new mexico state's not going to be in the whack anymore um he's like our little dad of our group he was, he was our little dad i loved bill so sweet we love you bill if you're listening or listen later um we we loved hanging out with you buddy um okay so do you want to do like one at a time and you and I say each of ours or just go through all of ours individually? Uh, I think cover both of ours for each category. Cool. Okay. So these are our end of the year awards for our players. These are the ones that we give out to our guys. So to start us off, we got the MVP and Jacqueline and I both wrote the same person. Data. 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 100%. 100%. He played through injuries. He played through so much adversity and he still ended up kicking ass. So 
So day haul, 100%. Love you. Um, next one, I think we both wrote the same one too. Most improved player, Jacqueline, who would we put? Nana. He, every year we see him, he just gets better. He really does. He really, really does. And that, I mean, we've said it before, but we can say it again quickly. That That's really like such a testament to his just, uh, integrity and like drive and, um, ambition and his attitude. Uh, he's mm -hmm. such a great great guy and great player and um i really hope that he's able to bounce back from from that injury and come back um if if it's safe for him to do so because uh i know i know he would be sad to not play again but and i yeah it just makes me sad thinking about it like honestly i, I don't want to talk about it because i'll cry because i just feel so bad for him but I really do hope that he is he is able to because i just not just for like the good of the team like again at this point it's more about him and his his will to play and his drive and if he would not be able to play basketball anymore i i would i would be devastated for the kid i really would so i i, I hope he's able to bounce back and be better than ever if and if if you know if, if that's possible so um okay next one uh best defensive player i think again we wrote the same ones we didn't do these at the same time people so this was not we didn't like look at each other's like these were just individually done on our own time. Um, well, that's, that's facts. Cause he had the most deals. So yeah. So juice baby. Ah, best defense. That was before I even looked at the stats. I didn't even look at the stats. I just wrote it down immediately. As soon as I read defensive player, I just put juice immediately. He lights out defense, had the most deals. I mean, ugh. just love him. I, I love him so much. He's such a sweet boy. He is so appreciative and thankful for all the support people give him because he, he said so. Um, God, he's just such a sweet kid. And he plays so well. Like, he's such an, like an yeah. overall good player. Uh, so that's probably why. Yeah. We love, we love Juice. Um, we love, we love all right. Him. Best role player. So I said Nigel because I, I feel like he, he – he just filled a lot of different spots. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes he started, sometimes he didn't. If, uh, if AJ was out for a minute or two here and there, he might be playing point. He might be playing shooting guard. Um, great defense, whatever. I, I feel like he kind of covered it all. And um, again, like the same we say about Nana, I feel like he has such a good uh, attitude about it because, you know, some players, and it, I mean, I understand it. I'm not, downing anybody who does but like a lot of players they know what they're good at um you know they're good at one position and one certain thing and if they have to do something different they're not happy about it mm -hmm. um and i i feel like nigel's very much like even if it's not my strong point whatever's better for the good of the team right now i'll do it um so mm -hmm. that's why I, that's why i said him and that's a such great point and and when i think of a role player i just might my immediate reaction again went to went to went to went to Juice went to AJ because his role as point guard is such a vital and critical role and he absolutely knocked it out of the park this season. It's his first season at SFA playing on the team under Coach Keller's you know offense and his strategy and and he played so well. I mean, we even said so in in when we're going over all the year statistics. He had 133 assists. He killed it. At his job, and and you know what? 
like I said a few seconds ago, he's not just a great point guard. He's just a great overall player. He can shoot a three. He's good driving the lane and giving a layup. He can shoot free throws. He plays, again, good defense. Overall, a great player. Um, so, love it. If Day Hall wasn't on the team or if he would have been injured all season, I would have given MVP to AJ. But, yeah, can't beat it, baby. All right, next one. Uh, so, best clutch player, I I also put Nigel for this one. Um, but I, I would say probably, well, for me, I think it's a toss-up between Nigel and Trell because uh, I feel like they're the two who really come in like. But Nigel had a lot of games where, like, just out of nowhere, he was, like, high point um, when it really came down to the wire and somebody needed to step up. So I could take either one of them. That's such a great point. Yeah, no, I, I agree with, with that assessment for sure. Uh, I, I put down Trell, and for the same reason you were, you know, torn between picking those two. Trell, just anytime you turned around, he was hitting a clutch three. Anytime you turned around, he was taking a boom, a charge, putting his body on the line. Um, he had so many clutch moments, whether on offense or defense, or you know what? Sometimes it was just ramping everybody else up with his spirit and his fire. Um, sometimes those are clutch moments for me as well. You know, he's he's hyping everybody else up, even if he's not shooting as well. So I think I think that's why I put Trell. He's just he's our boy. He's the silencer. Um, so many great moments from him all season. Funniest player. This was no contest. We absolutely both chose the same person. Robbie. <laughs> My God, he makes me laugh so hard. And I'll say it again. I always compare him to Leon Gilmore. He just reminds me of Leon in like every way, shape and form possible. Like his he's a mess. Goofy nature, how outgoing he is. His style of play reminds me of Leon. Anyway, he's he cracks us up. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to come watch a game in person so you can see him. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, um, which leads us into the next one, the most spirited. Um, I, I put two. I put Robbie and Trell. I mean, they yeah, they literally have the most fire and spirit I've ever seen. Trell. Um, he sometimes he's a little bit more quieter on the bench, but he, he can get kind of hyped up when he's on the court trail is absolutely just a fire starter. And then Robbie, when he doesn't matter where he's at, he could be on the court. He could be on the sidelines. He could be over there getting ready to check in. He could be, you know, running out during halftime. It, he, he, he could be in the freaking stand. He could be anywhere, anywhere. And he'd be happy. Two feet from a referee staring right at him, and he's going to be spirited and talking shit. Doesn't matter. 100%. Love. I, I love it. I love his his fire. It just makes me so happy. Both of them. Both of them. Um, so the next one is best six man. Uh, mine, I, it was really hard for me to pick this one just because we had so many different um, lineups or looks, and it just kind of depended on – who stepped up that game. You know, it, it was really hard for me. So I put, again, depending on the lineup and who was starting and who was not, Nigel, uh, Jalen, or Derek. There were some games that Nigel didn't start. There were some games that Derek started and someone else didn't. 
Um, it honestly just depended on the lineup for me. I would say if anything, I wanted to go true six man, I would probably say Derek. Um, but yeah, I mean, it honestly just depended on the lineup. Sometimes it was Rati. Sometimes it was Nigel. I mean, there are so many guys that came off the bench as sixth man to me. That's why it was really hard. I mean, Kyle, all of them have a, all of them could have been best sixth man to me. Yeah, definitely. Did, uh, did you say Jalen or Jalil to start with? Um, I said I added Jalen in there, but Nigel, Jalil, or Derek were the ones that I put. Yeah, I, I pretty much put the same uh, JJP, Nigel, or Derek. And uh, like you said, it all just depended on the lineup because some games that uh, any of them were starting. Um, and if they weren't, mm -hmm. they were great coming off the bench. Um, mm -hmm. So it was very sad to list JJP there because I know. Of him leaving us, but uh, hope the hope the best for him. Uh, best hair. Uh, so I said for braids, I said Trell, um, and I, I said for like shaved head, JJP, AJ, or Day Day. Um, I really did like Day Day's braids, and I was very sad at the beginning of the season when he didn't have the braids. Um, but he's an attractive guy without him too. So, um, I really yeah. All of our dudes had good hair. I really liked Kyle's hair at the beginning when it was more um, natural. Like, well, yeah, when he had it like out and and fluffy. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I put Trell just because Trell with his braids. The, the reason I put Trell um, is, is because I feel like his braids are a part of his style and his look. So, and like when he's out there playing and he's like running really fast or like, you know, moving around like, man, those things are flying, <laughs> flying. And it just, it just makes me happy. Um, and when he gets oh, when he gets hyped up, his braids also start getting hyped up, you know. So I think that's you know why I picked Trell for best hair for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's part of his overall persona. You're right, hundred percent. That hair is a part of him. If he ever cut it or or got rid of the braids, I don't know what. I don't know. I, I don't know what it would look like. It'd be weird for me. Um, okay, best off-court style from the few pictures that they posted during, like, walk-ins or travel. Um, I have to go with Trell 100%. I also threw Nana in there because there were some really fire fits he had. But Trell always looked put together and matchy. He was always wearing, like, his L.A. Dodgers beanie um, with, like, matching shirts and stuff. Like, he, his style was impeccable to me. You know, I love his too because I feel like his is uh, pretty similar to how Calvin's was last year, and he was yes. much, like a very like casual, cool very. Uh, style. So I do love that. I think last year I put Nana for my runner up. Um, mm -hmm. So so I, I put him to win this time since I saw that you had uh, Trail. But and also like we said last year because I remember making a point of this. Like it's especially the pictures that not all post in like very snazzy, like suit type outfits. Yeah. Those are not easy for him to get a hold of. So I got to give him like way extra points on that because that's, those are all custom made. I guarantee you, he is not buying those puppies off the rack. No way. <laughs> no no way to perform. There ain't no way as one would say. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, so I think we both put the same person for this next one, best dunk or, you know, kind of like best play moment of the year. Um, it's it's got to be Nana. He had some amazing, amazing dunks this year. I can't even think of, honestly, off the top of my head. I'm sure maybe you could. I don't know. But I just know he had some really good ones. 
but we we were begging for more last year and and he he brought it up a notch this year and man there is nothing i like to see more than some good dunks so especially when we got almost a seven footer like i want you embarrassing people i want to see you pop like those people up man so bad yeah agreed um and then the last one again we both agreed on the best bench celebration, it's got to be our boy Robert, aka Rob Squad, aka Robbie. Always, 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 always Robbie. I am gonna say we should add an honorable mention for most spirited uh, to be um, your little buddy. Uh, how bad do you want it? Oh, Mister Whitaker! Oh my God! It's free, baby. That Kelly man was sitting behind him. Um, it was really fun. It was really funny today. I had to go to the office for a meeting, and when I was leaving, Edwin was like, "Well, I would say to be good, but I know you won't." And I like started laughing, and I was like, literally, after every game, our uh, basketball team trainer, like medical trainer's dad, will come and give us a hug and say, "Well, I tell you girls to be good, but I know you won't be so." Be careful. He he barely knew us, but yet he knew us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what that says, but that's what it says. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Anyway, so those are our awards for the year. Love you guys so much, man. What a get. We had a great time sitting behind you and cheering you on and listening to all the ridiculous conversations you'd have on the bench and, and, and watching you guys, you know, again, through the the best of times and then of the worst in times and, and giving you guys hugs and, and, and high fives and, and supporting you throughout the entire season. Um, so to end us off, got a couple things to kind of get out there. Jacqueline's mentioned it a few times. So have I throughout this podcast, but we do know of two people who are, leaving um so far who have hit the transfer portal um one we were pretty sure of just for the fact that he had been you know mia and missing on the bench for the last few weeks of the season um jjp jalen jackson posey has entered the portal and he is transferring somewhere else to where we don't know yet um you know it stinks. It sucks. It's rough to lose somebody, especially someone who we've gotten to know over the past couple seasons. And so, um, you know, like Jacqueline mentioned earlier, we wish him nothing but the best, but obviously we hate to lose him. Um, and then the other guy, the other player who we just recently, I think a few days ago posted um, that he was transferring and entering the portal is uh, Derek as well. So um, again, hate to see it really do we have been supporting him all season and last season and we we know how good he can be we've seen it the times he's been in the game he's gotten on rolls and streaks and man was he just he played so well he just didn't have enough time to do it i know we wish both you guys the best man we're gonna miss you um it sucks. Yeah. Like Alex said, it sucks when we really get to know these players. Cause uh, I mean, we, we want the best for them. And if it's, if they're going to have a better um, overall experience somewhere else, then we want that for them, but damn it. We're going to miss seeing you two next, 
next season. Really, honestly. And, you know, it's almost like a, like a actual, like physical loss whenever, you know, it's one thing to lose a player because they're graduating. That stinks, but it's, you're ready for it and it's expected. And you say your goodbyes and good lucks and we'll hopefully see you soon and we'll always support you. But when you lose someone before their time is up at SFA, like it, it's, it, it hits you, man. It really does. Um, and I hope, pray to God that those are the only two. <laughs> I, I, re I, I really do. I really do. Um, but we, we do know though, that we are, um, we are getting one guy in from portal already. Um, and I'm going to butcher the fuck out of his name. I think it's like Jaylani. Ah. I can't, I can't remember. Um, I'm going to have to look at it. Uh, it, it, it. Hold on now. Can I just pause? I just pulled up Instagram and the very first person I see on Instagram is none other than freaking AJ Kajust. And guess where he's at? Oh, in the performance center. He's in the freaking performance center practicing and playing basketball. I love these guys. I swear to God. God I love our little juice. I, I love it. I think that's, that's so great. I love it. I'm trying to remember what this kid's name is. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna piss me off. It's on our it was on our story, but our story's done. Um, so oh, there it is, right there, 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 there. Uh, I think it's Jelani. I think it's Jelani. I think that's it. But anyway, it's this guy. He's a transfer from CBU. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're excited to welcome him to NAC. And I know there's two other guys that we're getting from JUCOs. And I Matt posted it and tweeted it. And now I'm going to try and quickly pull it up so I can rattle off. We can cover it in the preseason episode. We can. I was just going to throw it out there since we already knew it. Um, Clayton Southwick and Krishan Christmas. So that is Christmas. one hell of an interesting name. I know. Love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah. So, th that's, that's all the portal news we have so far. I'm sure when we um, hear more, we will see it and or share it with you on social media. And of course, yeah, we'll talk about it in our, in our preseason podcast, but I'm hoping those are the only two that we lose um, to the portal, but we never know. Um, and so to end things off, I mean, yeah, we have some ideas and plans on doing some off season podcasts and episodes like we normally do. We usually try to do a couple during the summer. We usually try to do like a, where are they now? And maybe we'll do like a summer, a summer shenanigans, um, we've been talking for many seasons about trying to do a, a baseball episode. So maybe we'll be able to get out there and do a, a live baseball episode. Fingers crossed. We'll see if our schedules, you know, link up and sync up, but we never know. We're busy. Um, but yeah. So any parting thoughts about this season? Um, I just, I'd put bittersweet as my like word for the game. Cause, mm -hmm. um, I feel like with any season, it's that way. Obviously, we don't want it to end. We would love to have more wins. But um, especially like we we already said, uh, with all the stuff we went through, I was I was very proud of them with where we ended up, even though it's on paper, it's not where we wanted to be. Certainly not knowing um, the stellar lineup that we had. Right. Um, full bench stack team. It's, it's not where we wanted to be. But considering the journey, um, 
I was I was proud of every single one of the players. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And we've we've talked about that at ad nauseum. So I, I don't have to bring it back up again. But yeah, um, of course, we always want to play more postseason games. But, you know, it's really, really hard to go back to back conference champions. It's really hard to go and and even do back to back, you know, tournament season champions. The fact that we did it for so long in the Southland was just shown that the competition was not where it needed to be. And that's why it makes sense that we are where we're at now, because this is the level at which we play. And that's why you will notice that the Southland team who got into the tournament was a play-in game. Correct. And the team that won the conference tournament was a number five seed wasn't even number it was they were a number five seed so i mean wasn't even the number one team in the league you never know what's going to happen so it's just it's march and we're excited to see and watch the rest of march madness um there's been so many upsets and and we have our march madness bracket challenge going on right now and whoever wins that will be on a future episode of of pardon me alex so we're excited to see who wins that um at the end of March Madness. And, and so, yeah, but it's been a great season. Again, we appreciate everyone for supporting us all season and especially with us getting our website up and our merchandise out. And, you know, we'll, we'll probably try and add a couple more, you know, maybe for another sport and who knows, I don't know. I might get bored this summer and go nuts. Who knows? Um, but we're just so thankful. And Jacqueline and I, we love you guys so much and, you know, we appreciate all the support and love that you give us and, we're just, you know, thankful for people supporting us, honestly. Like, this just started out with us just saying, hey, we talk a lot of shit during games. Maybe we should record it. <laughs> that is how it started. Here we are finishing up our fifth season. I can't believe it's been that many. Um, we love you guys. Yep. It's been a long episode, but uh, like Alex said, our next one will be a little March Madness special with our, our bracket winner. So stay tuned. All right, guys. We love you guys. Have a good night. Enjoy March Madness. And as always, Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks.